Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to another new episode of Cult Following, the fine podcast brought to you from the people who bring you cult classics AZ every month in Tempe, Arizona. Find us on iTunes at Cult Following, give us a rating, a subscribe, a review, we need all that to survive, but before that, I am Victor Marino, one of your three hosts for this fine edition, along with Adam Rakowski. Yo! And Kirby Nelson. Yes! So we've got a lot on tap for this episode of Cult Falling, so uh, we're going to discuss some of the promising new fall television series, since now they seem to be catering toward the film fan more than ever. And we're going to talk about some of the newer uh, releases coming out, going out right about now. So, uh, Adam, why don't you get us started? You were just talking about a movie you had seen with Matt Damon. Yeah, I know. I forgot that I saw The Martian. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Uh, which we thoroughly enjoyed. Better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it flowed really well. It's very accessible to uh, the crowdages. Uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really fall flat. <laughs> Like you, you expect it to be just so chocked full of stuff going on that it would somewhere just kind of not like piece together very well or flow very yeah. well. Um, or I also thought it was going to be more like Castaway, where it'd just be two hours of Matt Damon doing, yeah. you know, being stuck on the, Mars and all I really know. A beard. All I really know about it is uh, he's part of a manned mission to Mars, and he gets mm-hmm. left behind somehow. Yes. And they think he got killed uh-huh. as they were trying to escape the planet during a, a storm that was underestimated mm-hmm. um, while they were on the surface. And so when the storm comes in and they're trying to get away, Matt Damon falls behind, seemingly look like that he got killed mm-hmm. by flying debris. And they only had a window of like, you know, a few more seconds before they had to take off or the whole crew was going to die. Oh, yeah. So the commander had to make the executive decision of either go back from Matt Damon or <laughs> get on the on the ship back. To Matt the, Damon. I wish we could put the shuffle. subtitle Film Actors Guild under <laughs> that, but fortunately we can on radio. But no, I, I it was it, it was great. The reason, I mean, the real reason why I went to see it is because it's Ridley Scott, and I just I'll see anything that he does. Um, but uh, like I said, it's just it was it was very well done. There maybe been there is maybe a couple spots that seem like really convenient plot points, but Man. overall, it's, it how did a lot com- better than other. How would you movies? compare it to this resurgence with like Gravity and Interstellar and all that? With space is it pro science? Yeah, no, it's absolutely pro science. Mm. Um, and you know, it's it's funny too. As far as gravity goes, gravity was more. It, it was a it was a, a on the edge of your seat more than the Martian was, mm. and visually uh, breathtaking. Uh, gravity was more so than the Martian. Um, the Martian was more of a straightforward uh, plot narrative, mm-hmm. um, but more of an ensemble, which was more surprising. Like I said, I thought it'd be like Castaway or like Gravity, but it involves a lot of people. It's a people on Earth. It's you know Matt Damon on Mars. Well, somebody I've said I've heard say that it's kind of got the Apollo thirteen thing going on. 
Yes. With the uh, between ground control and right. Major Damon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was not a big fan of Apollo 13. I thought it, I thought it yeah. drugged quite a bit, and I got bored just because they were stuck in that capsule. I'm just kind of like, you know, let's move it on a little bit. I'm more. abashedly not that big a fan of people in space movies. Uh-huh. But uh, but the Martian switches gears, so mm-hmm. it doesn't just focus on Matt Damon. Yeah. Just, it's just enough to... Because yeah, I'll say sympathize. Like, the with only him. the only person in space movie like that I actually like I think is Moon. Mm-hmm. Is it anything like? I that? would compare it to Moon. I was thinking okay. about that about halfway through. I'm like, you know, it has it has certain elements of that, except it's you know it's brighter. Uh-huh. Uh It's a little bit flashier, but it's a good movie. It's not really subversive. It's not really it's not independent for sure. Yeah, it is like a summer, you know, bring your family type mm. movie to it. Mm. So Adam gives that a thumbs up. So yes, I was curious because I was thinking when I first saw the trailer that they were going to do another like, or it was like 15 years ago with like Mission to Mars and Red mm-hmm. Planet. If anyone actually remembers either yeah. of those yeah, I in any that. way, like, but it's just it was weird. Cause it was saw, like I, one of those volcano Dante peak kind of moments. I saw the best meme about that online the other day. It was uh, you know, the whole discovery of water on Mars. It's like, who cares about NASA discovering water on Mars? John Carpenter found Ice Cube on Mars. <laughs> so, Martian, thumbs up. So, consensus, get your ass to Mars. Yeah, it's it's a crowd pleaser. I think that's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I think the most ridiculous result of this movie is that I have heard people actually think this is based on a true story. <laughs> oh, my God. But wow. you know it's hard. It's hard oh. to believe everything you read on the internet. I, I gotta ask. I mean, this is not a huge amount of a spoiler. But what is the deal with the potato? Well, that's what he grows. Okay, because somebody mailed me one. They have like a part of their viral campaign is you can mail a potato, like the potato, not in a package or anything. A potato through the mail mm-hmm. with a special Mar- the Martian stamp. <laughs> and I got one, and I was like, it took me a second as I read through it, but it's literally. Written on it, it was my name and address. And on the other side, it's like when you uh, life gives you potatoes, you make French fries. Yeah, and wow. uh, I was like, you know, simultaneously like this is fucking dumb or something. But then the more it's I like thought, some- about it, I was like, this is so awesome that somebody sent me a potato through the mail. Like it's just cool, like yeah. in that respect. But I, I, I saw the in the trailer the bit where he's talking about trying to grow stuff. So I figured that's yeah. what he ended up growing. Yeah, but. so that was the easiest thing for him because they already had potatoes for the for the flight. This doesn't yeah. really give away anything. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. you know it's obvious that he's growing something. But um, yeah, I thought the way to like deal that. with like okay, now he's like quadrupled his his food supply uh, with these potatoes is uh, he nukes them. You know, and cuts them up into kind of like fries and like just puts a crap ton of uh, ketchup. Ah. Uh, he loves ketchup and that's just the way to deal with it. Be- well, there is kind of a funny bit that leads up to why he's drowning it in ketchup so much. But, you know, we'll mm-hmm. leave that to the audience imagination and, and titillation to go and see it. Yeah. I was thinking it was like a Mitch Hedberg yo play thing for a minute when you first were mentioning getting a potato. In oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll leave that to the audience to look up. Ooh, uh, anything else, Adam? Uh, Final Girls. Uh, I also the saw Final PG-13 Girls. PG thirteen VOD uh, and th- and uh, the uh, theater release, independent mm-hmm. theater release. I wanted to go see it. I think it's playing here at the Shea. 
Oh, um, it is playing here. Okay. Yes. I saw it on VOD because I didn't think it was. Well, I saw it on VOD because I read a very scathing review of it. Mm-hmm. Well, not so much scathing. It was more of kind of a disappointment in the film review. But it was from Bloody Disgusting, and usually they, I mean, it's, it's nah, called Bloody Disgusting, I, I, so that's what they want, and that's kind of what they missed from it. They wanted more, well, they wanted boobs. They wanted well, bare breasts, and they wanted a lot of gore. Yeah, yeah. Bloody Disgusting and Dread Central, all those are basically like <coughs> the game pro of like yeah. sure. horror sites. Not because they don't have good content sometimes, it's just that, obviously, though, they're getting paid because they always have huge yeah. splash pages for like... Platinum Dunes and Bloom House with these glowing reviews, even when they yeah, should. Every have time them. one of these sites, one of these sites or things shut down, almost every person employed goes to work for one of these companies that advertises for them anyway. But sure. I didn't. I normally don't click on reviews when I haven't seen the movie yet. Mm-hmm. But I was just curious about that one because usually they're very short and to the point. And like you said, it's it's almost kind of like ain't it cool news. Like a lot of the people on there will just give like a really nice glory review to the worst piece of crap sometimes. Yeah. Um, or just kind of gloss over it a bit. And then some of those people do that. So, uh, yeah, they were complaining that it was PG 13, didn't have the bare breast, didn't have like the ultra gore. But I, I really liked it. I wouldn't have even have known it was PG 13. To be honest, yeah, with I you. didn't know that either. I've been hearing. A, I watched a lot it. About I didn't it, think so. it was PG thirteen. Yeah, any it did. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll probably check it out this week. That and um, uh, I've been hearing nothing but stuff about Good Night, Mommy. I need to. Well. Yeah, that's playing at Camel View. I need to catch that sometime this week before it stops playing. Um, no. So what? Did, so overall, you liked? Oh yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I I liked it. Um, I I would say for me, it kind of falls into the same thing as uh this uh Joseph Kahn movie I saw several years ago called Detention, where it's like a genre deconstruction movie. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's like basically that one basically is sending up Scream, and this one is like a send up of like eighties you know, Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the I mean, camp slasher. Yeah. That's yeah. But they do a lot of clever stuff in this movie. Like a lot, I don't, I'm not going to spoil it, but flashbacks, flashbacks cool. and like how they're actually trapped in the movie in ways they, uh, show that. Yeah. Um, I kind of didn't like the ending. I'm not going to give it away. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of hoping there would be like a more solid resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also say uh, Malin Ackerman plays uh, the main girl's mom. And I won't give this away because it gives away in the trailer, basically. And she dies in real life. And they end up in a movie where she's alive as this character. But it's, like, easily, like, 15 or 20 years later, you would think, based on the chronology. Mm -hmm. And she looks exactly the same. Yeah. They should have done something. Botox. No, no. She looked like. I know. I'm just. It's just like give her glasses or a wig or something. That threw me off. I mean, it plays into something that pays off later on, but it's a nitpick that bugged me. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen Lost After Dark? No, I don't think I've even heard of that. Oh, it's another one of the ones kind of like the camp slasher throwbacks. Mm -hmm. I guess has been getting some traction, but I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Uh, because it was it was a little bit 
saccharine to me. Mm-hmm. It also reminded me of like Pleasantville. Yeah. Or like, well, and then the whole thing of like stepping in and out of the movie, like a last action hero. Yeah. That was fairly blatant. I thought they were making that like a direct illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, what is the, the purple rose of Cairo? Yeah. It was more of a last action hero a thing. Last action hero. Yeah. Well, they kind of did that with a midnight movie and uh, the other one that's kind of like that, the, um, the retro meta thing was also, and I remember, I mean, everybody does, especially slashers, but one I liked from a few years ago was Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, mm-hmm. which had a bunch of like genre names in it and stuff, but it was just real low budget, but it was, it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So, but it had a good cast. I mean, yeah. other than your, um, the, your aging issue, I thought everyone in, the, in there was good. Oh, no, they did. They had a Nina Dobrev from The Vampire Diaries. They had Thaisa Farmiga that's in a bunch of seasons of, um, American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Um, they had the guy who plays Richard on Silicon Valley. Um, I hate him on that show, and he was good in this. So he's got some range. But he's basically playing the part T, like T.J. Miller usually plays in these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. And um, who else is in that? I think that's pretty. Oh, yeah, uh, see, I didn't really oh the guy from um, Workaholics who's also in Pitch Perfect. Do you know who I'm talking about, Kirby? No, I, I, uh, oh, wait, maybe I'll know you, this one. I'm sure the audience will know. It's, yeah. it's, he's like a, he always plays an obnoxious douchebag. He's one of the characters in the movie, but yeah, I, I think overall it's like a good, a, it's worth watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I knew that it was PG 13 going into it, obviously, cause I read that review, but, um, the other thing that I thought about this was a good introduction to, like if you were like maybe like thirteen years old and you weren't you didn't really know like all the slasher stuff yeah. or horror movies, it was like a good introduction to kind of like laugh at it first before you got into like stuff that was like the real stuff. That's I more think hardcore. that's a good point. I, I do think it's you know, I, but it's not completely saccharine. No. I'm not trying to like you know. No, no, no. There are some you know it's there not are parts a where it's like movie, right? Yeah, yeah. But it is kind of going in that that direction. It, it was kind of, you know, touching yeah. on that, but not so much. No. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think pe- people who would complain about the level of gore in this don't realize that actually 80s movies, like these camps, aren't really that gory. Mm-hmm. Right. Not really. No, there's like bloodless movies like yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. and, and a few other ones. There were some low, like there's a lot, bunch of the slashers. I remember like Final Exam has like no death in it no uh blood in it almost at all i mean it's a very bland kind of movie like the slasher and they were were they did exist in that spectrum for as much as people were like oh so gory so bloody a lot of films aren't at all or they were so cut by the mpaa that you really yeah Yeah, i was about to say they they would have like their um what would they call it like their 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 hero makeup and it would be like, you know, somebody getting stabbed, like, directly in the eyeball and yeah. then, like, pulling it out and the yeah. eye coming with it. But then the MPAA would just be like, uh, no. Yeah, all those movies Shit ended up out. being video nasties, pretty much. Like, Italian horror movies are, like, infamous because they were really gory at a time when U.S. ones weren't really all that gory. Well, and then, of course, the Euros and their love of nudity. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and it's completely acceptable, but then they had more of a problem with violence and still is the case today. Yeah. I mean, that's a big issue is, is that, you know, you really won't see. I mean, that's the one thing when we talk about like ratings and stuff and especially, I mean, 
parental interference from then till now. Like when I was a kid, my folks didn't care so much about yeah. violence, but if there was just a, some nudity or w- excessive profanity, then it was that was the only time it was an I, issue. Yeah, basically the eighties were like you can show as much viscera as possible, but I don't want to see any nudity besides nipples. You know, that's how it was. Well, um, no, side boob was okay. Yeah, there was right. no nipples. It's um, uh, the weird thing is that we 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 watched this movie like right after we'd watched uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare because it was on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it was just funny how the meta thing just kept kind of rolling. Like I would probably put it on a, on a similar level as Wes Craven's New Nightmare, where like oh they know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and they kind of, but they deviate so it fucks up the movie. You right. know, but it becomes part of the movie at the same time. Right. So I would say they're very similar in that regard. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it fits in just with all those other ones really yeah. well. Um, anything else? Uh, I think those those were the only two things that I missed from last time. Yeah, as far as what I've seen movie-wise. Mm-hmm. How about Otherwise, you, Victor? Um, I saw a couple things. I saw the final girls, obviously. We talked about death. Oh, Gas. what did you think of the final girls? Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> no, we we talked about deathgasm last time, right? Yes. Okay. In depth. Uh-huh. Um, in depth gasm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I saw Disco Path, which I had not seen before. I don't know. Have either of you guys seen that? Mm, I've seen some no. reviews, but I haven't had a chance to check um, it out. Um, basically, it's about a guy about a guy who's like uh, it's in the seventies. And he, when anytime he hears disco music, it puts him in a murderous blood rage. Hmm. So he moves to Montreal because this whole movie was shot in Canada. Is that kind of like uh, Ginger Dead Man 3? I have not in seen that. In the disco roller rink one? Actually, I was that thinking of the one, one with uh, Ken Foray from like years back where it's like a disco slasher too yeah but. no it, you're reading too much it's it's a it's a throwback <laughs> thing if anything it's more like lords of salem where just music makes him kill no i i got yeah. that. i got it no yeah. i was just saying there there is a segment of like yeah. disco slasher throwback movies like a subgenre subgenre oh. but um yeah so i was just thinking yeah. about um it was all right i didn't think it was anything special if anything it was this is from like two years ago so it's like the exact same kind of thing that the editor was was doing this year but the editor did much better where they were just trying to make a throwback 70s movie right giallo style i thought the the editor was better i love jello yeah who doesn't have room for jello um, i don't because it's not vegan but <laughs> um Biafra. we had gone to beyond fest last last week and uh we saw better off dead i'm not going to talk about that because we talked about it last time right but before that um the people who ran the fest came out and thanked everyone for coming out and the guy who ran the fest i don't know his name he came out in this giant frog outfit like and i was like what the hell is going on here and the movie after because the movie after ours was this was the new takashi Miike movie yakuza apocalypse I realize now, because now I've seen Yakuza Apocalypse, is that he was dressed as one of the characters from that movie. I and, would assume so. Yeah. So uh, it was Yakuza Apocalypse is a very uh, odd movie. No. Um, <laughs> have you seen Takashi Miike? Come on. Is no, so no. Well, here's what odd. I'm just saying. It, I kind of thought Takashi Miike was sort of getting away from doing like stuff like this, cause, you know, after Thirteen Assassins and. 
uh, Harakiri, Death of a Samurai. Like he'd kind of been doing sort of more. Yeah, Justin re- Bieber and uh, Shia LaBeouf has stopped drinking, whatever. And anyways. No, I'm just saying those were like more like legit kind of like, you know. I guess. But, but he's such a, you know, he likes to do a whole bunch of different types of yeah, things. Yeah. And this, I mean, he puts out like 12 movies a year. Yeah. And that's what I thought he had stopped. I just hadn't been following them the last oh, okay. couple of years. Okay. And like I watched this thing. It's like it's straight up a mishmash of Gozu, which I, I don't know if anyone listening to has seen that. Basically, it's this crazy Yakuza movie because Takashi Miike is obviously obsessed with the Yakuza after Ichi the Killer and all that. Mm-hmm. Mishmash of Yakuza uh, movies like Gozu. Uh, Sukiyaki Western Django down to one of the characters walking around speaking in phonetic English carrying around a giant coffin on his back w- dressed as a cowboy and uh, yeah Ichi the killer um, it has tons of random cameos from pe- from like people who are in the raid and the raid to redemption um, but yeah basically the whole thing is about uh, one guy he's a Yakuza guy who's kind of a pussy. He can't handle getting his tattoos, so he's kind of a junior man. Um, but then his boss uh, is killed, maybe, but it turns out he's really a vampire, so he turns him into a Yakuza vampire. And then there's crazy turtle people, a giant Godzilla frog, um, fights, fights, fights. There's not really much of a plot. It's just crazy eye candy. Yeah, you know How, how many tentacles? Is um, the real there are tentacles in See? this. Yeah. All that matters. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the trailer a while ago, and it didn't really uh, speak to me. Yeah. I, I would say this will probably end up on Netflix. It's weird because watching this, I realized, you know, in the past few years, there's been all those movies like Tokyo Gore Police and Robo Geisha and Hell Driver and Frankenstein keep... Girl versus Robo Vampire. Vampire. No, vamp- Frankenstein Girl versus... Oh, no, Robo Vampire something else. Frank- yeah, but you are right. Vampire Girl. Girl versus Frankenstein Girl. Yeah. And there's been so many. I just, it's like that, but with a super high budget. That's what it felt like. I'm like, oh man, it's it's weird seeing this not looking super chintzy. You know, well, I'm sure it'll be on at Fry's Electronics in the discount <laughs> bin yep. for three dollars soon because that's where I bought my whole collection of all those kind of movies. Yeah, what was the other one? Toilet of the Dead. There, I mean, there, there's so many of them now that they're all. But it's that over the top, ludicrous. So I, I, I want, I, I want, to check I want it out. Frankenstein girl versus vampire girl. I, I want to check it out solely because I would like to see what it looks like with a huge budget. Cause everything yeah. else looks real. Uh, well, it's cool. Cause like there, he has, this movie clearly has money, but then he does some stuff cheap on, like there's like, there's something that happened. Like I mentioned the costume character, right? And it, he's like a Godzilla character. So there's all this like <laughs> mountains explode really well done. And then suddenly the mountain explodes and out comes this mascot looking character. You know, there's another character. Like Mighty Morphin? No, it's like oh. a furry, like... Oh, like literally like a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like would be on the field. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a furry frog suit guy. and But he shoots out CGI fire and he has the Godzilla growl and everything. And then there's like another fight where they're, he's fighting one of the... This guy's um like l- l- lackeys. And he's all super good at karate, Bruce Lee body, but a interactive mask with hypnotoad eyes. And they beat him because he has the King Hippo Band-Aid. And that's his only, like, weak point. Hmm. It's just really well, funny. Oh, Mike Tyson reference. Yeah. It's always good. But the uh, I'm not spoiling anything. There's no, 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 no real no, story. I mean, with all that, that's always good. <laughs> but it still sounds Mighty Morphin. Yeah. Like, I gotta be... But that's the way I look at a lot of those movies. It's fully Sentai. Like, yeah, it feels like, yeah, like a Mighty Morphin, Scott Pilgrim, Shaolin yeah. Soccer kind of thing, you know. Anyway. Interesting. Um, 
yeah, that's pretty much all the new stuff I've seen. I, I Knock Knock, the new Eli Roth movies on VOD. I meant to watch that before today, but I didn't get around to it yet. Right. But it looks just like funny games with girls. Yeah, it's a remake. It is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Kirby? Uh, yeah, I've watched a few. One I did want to mention, because we've been talking about the editor a couple of times. The movie I kept trying to remember that I was very similar to it is Burbian Sound Studio. Oh, yeah. Which is where yeah, I, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. knew it had only come out a couple of years ago. Burbarian Sound Burbarian, Studio. sorry if I'm pronouncing yeah. it wrong. Yeah. Um, so that one is one of the ones I wanted with to Toby mention. Jones. Yeah. We just actually watched something with him in it, too, a couple of weeks ago. That was good. It was this HBO movie called um, The Girl, and it has Sienna Miller in it. And uh, it's all about the making of the birds. And she plays uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Tippi Hedren. And, uh, yeah, that's a good movie. I mean, it makes Hitchcock come across as super creepy, but it's, like, very well done. It's an hmm. HBO movie. If you have HBO Go, you can watch it. Um, oh, I also watched American Sniper. Uh, I don't think it was best picture quality. No I don't, interest. I, I don't no really interest. know why Bradley Cooper was nominated for an Oscar. I mean, Sienna Miller probably should because she cries so much. But basically, it's like, I'm going to join the army. Shooting scene. I came back. You're leaving us. Why can't you love us? I'm going back to the army. Boom. Lots <laughs> this of gunfire. This is new YouTube <laughs> channel where he's just going to review films it, in just, 10 seconds. It's really jingoistic and weird. Like it, It's like a very patriotic movie in a time where I don't think these movies really ring true. And I, like it, it really bothered me how like every person they meet in Iraq is like turns out to be a turncoat and they constantly call them savages mm-hmm. it's really weird i like it just had a weird vibe so it's could, basically team america world yeah it, it really is it, like, it's like i would this is Propaganda. what i imagine a pat tillman movie would be like just kind of making the guy out to be a saint because yeah this guy that bradley cooper plays uh kyle he basically comes across as like the living saint of all time. Oh, yeah, yeah. He only becomes a good sniper after 9-11, you know? Well, they're never going to make a Pat Tillman movie when it's friendly fire. I mean, first and foremost. Oh, see, that's how, like... No, because that's yeah. pretty much how this... Because this guy... Well, yeah, it does. Yeah. It does end up that way without a spoiler because yeah. obviously it's based on yeah. a true story. But what I mean is is that I... The... The deifying if pat tillman has become which i mean in all honesty i mean for me as a person like i separate politically i mean obviously the dude left and did exactly what he wanted mm-hmm. to do yeah for, and that's the pretty reasons, much this, but, uh, this yeah, same movie movie but yeah. obviously like the chris kyle was kind of like a you know it's like a nobody kind of thing because yeah. i watched it a few months ago and stuff and i had no either or for it i mean to but me, do you get where i'm coming oh from? no i get it, it completely. has a very weird tone right no it now. does but i mean i but clint eastwood movies for the last few days made have all had a very similar tone i mean in fact he's making movies i mean to me million dollar baby and grand torino are so alike that i mean mm-hmm. it's uh, basically when i start watching I, I love grand torino by the way million dollar baby i've rewatched again and it doesn't hold up for no. me but it's basically the same demons, the same kind of like issues and stuff. And it, I mean, even down to like the helpful clergy and all this, who's yeah. trying to break whole Clint down. It's just it's it's reached a repetition that that's where I come from on the propaganda kind of style. Like I mean, I think a lot of films are like that now. I mean, there's so much propaganda in movies, or so much politics from everything. It's like seeing films now, no one's smoking. 
uh, people yeah. smoke, man. It's like stop trying to tell people like what to do and uh, oh, we can't let the kids see this. I mean, I would say, and then it's like everyone's got to be, you know, it's like whatever the evil is and stuff like that, whatever is as general society or from somewhere on the political spectrum. It's just it's so heavy handed. Yeah. I mean, remind, I expect remi- that. Yeah, no, go ahead, man. No, remind me of the smoking thing when we start talking about uh, TV shows. Okay, sure yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. In the end, I, I, it's one of those things where the only thing I really liked about American Sniper above all else, I mean, I'll agree with some of the supporting casts and stuff like that and some of the realism, you know, that they didn't shy away from, like his brother, obviously, like never wanting to go back. And, yeah. Um, you know, and I have friends who are vets and stuff like that and, you know, who've had similar issues. Um, but my, I think my favorite part was the whole thing where every, like, neck beard mountain dude chugging basement dweller who was like oh man i'm so good at call of duty i'd be like the best sniper if i was out there it's like oh yeah it's not gonna be that easy chief like i think that's like because i mean there's that's such a thing in our culture (coughs) now where people are just like man i'd be so it's kind of like why i get so tired of the zombie apocalypse thing i'm like you'd be the first to die everyone was like oh i I would i'd be awesome man everything will work out it's like it's not gonna happen (laughs) but that's an endless conversation yeah we can Uh, say that for another yeah i only got a couple um that i watched um i i received a lot of mail so i'm trying to work through it and get through some of the stuff i've got but um i've been really excited to see this one from the trailer was made it look so good and i've now tried to watch it three times and i can't get past the 30 minute point and that's the nightmare yeah, i can't is, even start watching that i uh, hate rodney mullins movies well it's, anyway it, for those who don't know it's you know people experience sleep paralysis and stuff and the trailer just made it look you know, the reenactments, you know, the way they uh, did the editing on the trailer made it look, like, real intense and scary. Well, it's just like his other movies, right? It's clips while people are talking. Yeah, it's basically okay. like well, a... Um, what are some of his other movies? Uh, room 237. Which is another one that and I'm not... And from Hell. love Room 237. I hate I, it. I didn't like passion. it at all. But, I mean, I, I like the idea of it that... It, couldn't be no, no. here's the experts. thing yeah room 237 again, could but. be an awesome movie if they had gone normal film scholars and things no, no, to I've talk said, about well, it the, yeah. the reason why i like it because i i am a card carrying uh you know, the, the tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy guy yeah i love that stuff Oh, I didn't Not mind. I like I said, I like the idea and the conspiracy like theory. I just it's don't like just, the execution. Yeah. Okay. I didn't like the way the filming went, and that is exactly what happens in this film. I mean, even if it was, I was kind of excited even when I started watching the first like five ten minutes because I was like, well, this could be like unsolved mysteries at least. Yeah, which I grew up and was one of the scariest things. This as seems a kid. to me like it could be a good movie. Yeah, it, it's a great idea and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, you can tell these people are genuinely fearful like they are yeah. scared from this mm-hmm. but when they try to reenactment i just i i don't think you can do it when having some being feeling paralyzed like it, it really is putting yourself in that person's bed or shoes or whatever and honestly i think the only way you could do a movie like that is if you'd like have really good sound editing maybe yeah i also think you know maybe watching a dark theater would have been better or something but i just it just couldn't hold my interest I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it because that's just what I do. But I um, can't. But I, I've heard that from other people. Exactly yeah. what you said too, mm. is that it's just it it's kind of repetitive, and um, just doesn't flow very well. Yeah, it's kind of what I think about Room Two Thirty Seven. Love it. 
Anyway, go on. On the other side of things, I actually watched another one I've amazingly never seen in all my VHS years and stuff and growing up as a kid. Um, is I finally sat and watched Class in 1984. Uh, I you got, know what? I, I still haven't watched that I watched movie. The Shout Factory. Wow. And the first Love it. and the most interesting thing for me was one, seeing Michael Fox, not Michael J. Fox, Michael Fox mm-hmm. as credited, um, blew me kind of away and stuff. It's also written by Tom Holland, who the director of Fright yeah. Night and Child's Play, who also wrote the, and directed The Beast Within and a couple other movies. Um, it has a great cast, and I grew up loving movies like... Uh, you know, the substitute, lean on me, kind of I love the, the substitute. Spe- the end yeah. of the spectrum, but because obviously it's more like the substitute, but I just, in this era and stuff, you know, it was made in 82 and they kind of just talk about it and it's like how, um, you know, it even has like a, a um, you know, preface at the beginning of the film about like how many acts of violence were in schools and it's like, it could be this. And it's just, I don't know, it, it it's just one of those ones where I got the Shout Factory special edition, and I did it as a blind buy, and I'm really glad I did because it ended up working extremely well. Um, you know, it's just it's weird to think about these like this movie was made before like Stand and Deliver, before uh, you know Dangerous Minds, and a lot of these other. Oh movies. wow, I didn't realize it was that kind of movie. Yeah, it's yeah. like really well, you know, because I think when I was a kid, I got confused with the class of Newcomb High, right? Yeah, which I, which I have seen. Yeah. yeah. Or and sub- the movie Suburbia, so I never quite because they it. have similar posters. There's a bunch of yeah. punks walking down the streets. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, very, very intense and really well acted and written. Definitely check it out. In my Shout Factory order, I haven't had a chance, but hopefully next time I can talk about them because I'm interested in revisiting. I did pick up Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood special editions, oh. No, yeah. which I haven't watched in about 10, 15 years. Either of those movies. Um, and then I've actually only seen one of this guy's films, but I ended up picking the box set it because I got a good price signed. Is the Larry Fessenden collection? So that's got I like I think I've seen Wendigo pictures. last winter. Um, he's done a lot of movies. The Cine Family does a film festival with all his movies. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be probably reporting on those. So that's really all I, I've watched movie wise. I will say Bordello of Blood is a good movie though. I feel holds up pretty well. Yeah, um, I think True Blood season two unabashedly ripped it off. Unabashedly, <clears throat> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, I don't. I remember almost nothing about Demon Knight. Well, all I know is that somebody I read on some review that somebody was like uh, uh, in the special features, you know, the re- because like a lot of shop stuff, it's got a bunch of new documentaries and retrospectives. But I guess Billy Zane is like fully like about it. He's like. You know, like, instead of, like, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about, like, their older movies. Not that, like, Billy Zane's a big star no, or anything, but, I, but I, it's I, cool that, he, like, I guess he goes full on and talk about That's really cool. I, yeah, I, I, I mainly, yeah, yeah, I mainly like him in his smaller movies. I think my favorite Billy Zane movie is CQ, the Roman Coppola, Francis Ford's son, what's kind of like a meta making fun of 60 spy movies movie hmm. from, like, uh, the late 90s or early 2000s. I've never seen it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. It's just a letter CQ. It's like the movie in a movie. It's kind of like Barbarian, but not horror, you know? Yeah. And uh, the movie in a movie is Barbarella-ish. It even has a guy who plays Diabolic, uh, Di- Danger Diabolic in it, John Philip Law. It's one. Of, it's his last movie. Hmm. Um, anything else? Well, I mean, yeah, besides, you know, that long-awaited Phantom sequel we're all waiting for. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> it's like the cr- you can insert crickets there, yeah, Adam. Crickets, indeed. Uh, I don't but know. Yeah, I, that's it for all yeah, I've I have, like, a huge stack of movies I need to get into before next time. Like, I have, like, that, that movie Angst from Cult Epics. I have The Sentinel from Shout- Scream Factory. I did watch that recently, and that was another yeah. one I had never seen um, ever for some reason. And that is, there is some creepy creepy shit in that movie like, i know I, it is unnerving in it but um, i'm waiting to watch that with the devils like i have oh yeah yeah, yeah. Pick that so up. i think those will both be a good back-to-back evil catholicism movie i just read a huge article about the devils so i'm really excited to watch it now victor's got a harm for the nuns right now yeah, nun exploitation phase nice Nice. All right. Well, I guess we should just jump right in. So the thing I was mentioning about smoking. Oh, yes. Please. We're going to talk about the new fall movie season. So our fall TV season. Yeah. They should just have an hour long show of just somebody smoking. So that's pretty much American Horror Story Hotel. Um, Yeah. That's a weird ass fucking show. So let me tell you about the fact that. How many seasons are they on now? Uh, let me see. American uh, Murder House, Asylum. What the hell is Murder House? That's the first that was season. What is oh, that like the unofficial yeah. subtitle. So it's Murder House, Asylum, Asylum Coven, Coven, Freak Show, Show Hotel. Hotel. Okay. The only season that I've seen all the way through is the very first one. Yeah, Murder House. Yeah. The rest of them I get about almost to the very last episode, and I like tune out. That's I will say uh, Murder House is the best one. I've never seen Coven. Uh, I actually like Coven a lot. I would say Coven's probably the second best one. Then I would say it would be Asylum. Uh, Freak Show's terrible, and this one is as bad so far. Coven and um, Asylum both have really good, strong starts. Yeah. Coven goes a little longer. The problem with how I found with Coven was that uh, I'm not going to get any spoilers. It has better acting. It has way better acting, but... Um, they rush the end of that one. It's like they wrap up everything way too quick yeah. in Coven. Um, and then I like the first couple of episodes of Free Show. I'm still I trying think to Coven finish it Coven had now. the best overall concept right from the get-go. Yeah. They had a good concept. And a great, it's basically X-Men for witches. Yep, yeah. very much. It, I don't know. And bringing people into that one, it just... The, the new cast members and stuff like that, that they brought in, it worked really well. I like the idea of it and everything. Like I said, this, it just lost its steam, and that's kind of like what Adam was saying. Yeah. That's the way I felt about it is that the only one that I watched, and not only watched but binge-watched, was the uh, the Murder House one. Yeah. Because it's the most rewatchable one. Yeah, well, yeah. there's newer things to find it and stuff. But uh, this one, all I can say, the hotel, I've only watched the first episodes. It's far. basically just a ripoff of so many movies. But it's, it's like, just how, like, how many ripoffs of movies can we string? It's not, not movies, just like scenes from movies. That's basically what I was going to say. Yeah. It's basically scenes. When I was watching the first episode, I was like, not only could I find all the references real fast, but it was basically like, you know, I understand you're trying to interweave all these stories, you know, and, and you know, set it's it up. It's really jerky because like, of how it's they're so doing it. disjointed. Yeah. It's like, I don't get this. So, yeah, I mean, not like you, you go to the hotel, right? And I'm, I'm just commenting on oh, the you're design. Right? the picture now. Okay, yeah. here I go. Okay. I'm you in, walk I'm into the hotel. I'm walking in. And it's. What the, am I wearing? It's the Colorado Lounge. The, it's the Colorado Lounge is the lobby uh-huh. and it has off-brand shining carpet and then you're just walking through it and there's like down to like there's creepy twins in the hallway Mm -hmm. except they're they're two boys 
It's just off-brand shining. You're walking through, and it's like, all right, this is leading to a payoff, right? So is this going to be the last season of American Horror Story? Oh, no. 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 They're already hyping the next season, American Crime Story. Oh. Which is the O.J. Simpson so, trial? So, or is it going to be like their their True Detective? No, it's, ju- to- it's just that no, it's just going to oh, keep going. They're just they're just doing a Fear the Walking Dead thing where yeah. it's like is uh, we can, we're going to we're going to do this brand and we're going to put it off into many directions as possible. As yeah, and when we say still when we say they're already hyping it, it's not like oh, there's articles, there's commercials for the next one in oh. there already with John Travolta as Robert Shapiro. Oh. Yeah, and uh, I'm, but just to get where I was saying with the smoking, um, it has Sarah Paulson, who I used to think was a good actress. I really liked her in um, God, this like uh, show in the '90s that was pretty much this thing. Uh, it was on CBS, and it was like someone's at the door. I don't. So the, the, this episode was but the nail in the coffin. For no, you no, for her. she all she does is these Ryan Murphy shows. She's a different character in every single season of American Horror Story. Oh, is she right. the is she the trashy? Yeah, she's the trashy punk rock hooker or, junkie. Yeah. And the whole the whole thing, she's just walking around smoking a cigarette just to reinforce how evil she is. Mm-hmm. Like it's so obnoxious. Like I get it. You like. Only the terrible characters on the show smoke. You know, it's it's kind of obnoxious. I don't. I, that's that is true though. That is a common like. I don't know if that comes from like Cruella Deville yeah. or something, but like that is totally common and now. Just, and just to, the one that like really threw me. I'll probably still watch a few. I did this with a freak show before I gave up on it uh, completely. I'll watch a few more episodes, but um, Lady Gaga is the big draw on the show. She's like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so not to spoil it because they give it away in everything. No, Lady okay. Gaga's a vampire. Oh, and you know this because a her, vamp darling. Yeah, Lady Gaga's entrance is the entrance of Catherine Deneuve, and she has a boyfriend. It's David Bowie. It's, it's the, the hunger. hunger. Yeah, <laughs> and they come into she wants revenge. You know, because that sounds like an '80s song, and it's the whole thing. They're at a uh, open event. They find two people, seduce and kill them. You know. And then right afterwards oh, of, of Nosferatu, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, Nosferatu, Dude, yeah. And, and it's at the Hollywood Forever. Yet there's only like 20 people there. Which uh, I mentioned this when we watched when I talked about burying the X. How uh, like I can't buy that anymore. Right. Everyone knows Hollywood Forever screenings are massive. It's like if you go to a concert at like uh, you know the Hollywood Bowl and there's 15 people there. I can't buy that. Live in the now. Um, but right after the scene happens, when they kill the person, they start playing Bela Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus. Cool. Because in case you, it's like Family Guy. In case you didn't get the reference, there it is. <laughs> Signed, sealed, and yeah. delivered. So I hate that this is like, okay, I want real writing instead of referencing things. This is true in comedy well, like you said, or yeah, you can, you can thank Family Guy for that. Yes. Because this is the Family Guy of horror because TV shows. Because... The last real thing that just should have been the final well nail in the coffin uh, is like the the Zucker brothers. Yeah, those are the only people that should have done it and and should have stopped it when they did. Yeah, and then no one continued. For but that. here, this will be my segue. I, unless there's anything else you want to say about it's gone this. No, uh, the one thing I can say right. without a doubt, I mean, to me, this is the real nail in the coffin. Besides all the points that we brought up, but it's really for me, it's like there's no Jessica Lang. 
Yeah. You're done. I mean, like for me, like she has to be in the show in some capacity. Yeah, there's not a strong anchor here. And it's not Lady Gaga. I'm sorry. It's not. No, she's not. She's not. Yeah. It's just was. And I'm wondering if that, I guess the story is that Jessica Lange just didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But my view is they probably were like, in the whole Gaga thing, and just, I, I, I felt they were trying to satisfy the uh, like her fan base as well. Not just with their this, appearances, but the overall mood and style. Yeah, and here's the whole thing about that. Um, Machete Kills came out, like, what, two, three years ago? And bombed. It was a massive bomb. If anything, that tells you there's not a hungry audience of Lady Gaga people who are going to pay to see her. Why would you build a whole show around her? Well, she's not as popular as she was. No, she's not. She's like Marilyn Manson when he was doing Jawbreaker. That's the stage of her career she's in. I think I think she has a popularity and stuff. I think it has to do, though, if in film, I don't think she can see in TV because that audience is so there then i think it's gonna help but at the same time it's just it's just built up to such a point but i mean to me it's summed up the whole lady gaga thing is yeah like i said victor it's not a huge spoiler because it's everywhere that they kill these people and stuff and are in the bed of filled blood and viscera and it's like the first fucking meme i see on instagram relationship goals and i'm already like no i'm done the first thing i saw when i saw that scene of all three of them naked on the white bed is oh it's the true blood rolling stone magazine cover and i found the picture it is they repose exactly the same way you know it's just i don't need that family guy kind of throw against the wall shit so here's my segue that i was making this show is terrible (laughs) Scream Queens is actually fucking awesome. It and they're good. run it's run by the same guy. And the whole difference is tone. Like Scream Queens is like we're being a campy terrible show and they're just it's a comedy horror mm-hmm. and I like that they just are doing that. It right. works really well. They've got Emma Roberts is anchoring the whole thing. The, I don't know if you saw the last episode. I was like dying. It I haven't seen it yet. Hilarious. But I'm gonna be watching it tonight yeah. or tomorrow. The um because I loved her her uh I like how she's basically the same thing she is in Coven. Yeah, just ruthless and just hilarious. It kills me, man. Oh. It's such a great great cast. Everybody is awesome in it. Yeah, it, it's everybody's being really campy. It's just like Jamie Lee Curtis is just super hilarious in it, like just sending up her characters. Um, even that chick from Glee, I don't know what her name is, but she's really good. Um, yeah, it's good. And I thought I would hate it, and it's really good. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. I wasn't extremely excited. And then uh, the first episode, I was hooked. And then there's things that people are like, it's too in your face. And I was like... No, it's because it's not the same thing like you were saying with Hotel. Like, Hotel is them going, we're subtle. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's in your face. With The thing is, it's in your face from the beginning. They don't have any pretense of being subtle. It's like even from the whole, like, uh, like um, what do you call it? Like, infographics yeah. that were like, Def Taylor Swift. Like, which I'm yeah. still dying laughing <laughs> because the, the whole them picking the uh, pledge thing was just hilarious. But you No, know, my favorite thing, not to spoil it, is I like that. I thought, how can I say this without spoiling it? That episode, 
the character that dies, I thought, oh, God, PC casting. And then, oh, hello, that character was instantly killed. Yeah. Yeah. They did, they did a good job here on, on a lot of it. So, But that's a good contrast between not only, especially with the creator being the same. Yeah, individual. it's like I used to, he, he did a show in the 90s I liked called Popular. It was on like the CW or WB. And it was like really bad and campy like this, but like on purpose. But this is that with horror. And it's really good. You know, I'm like, I, I like that it's a new novel thing. I'm like really surprised we haven't seen like a genre kind of mash like this before on TV. Mm-hmm. It's kind of different. And yeah, I like that. I also love how the, uh, the because again, it's not a spoiler here, but I love how the uh, devil's costume is such an early 80s slasher like yeah. outfit. I mean, it's like perfect. It literally is. It could have it been any like early 80s yeah. slasher. I just also love like the little things they throw in there like because it's very much like a, ha- the, a hatred of millennials is sparse is very on there. Like to the point where a girl's being, you know, uh, stalked and killed, and she's tweeting, "Somebody help me! I'm being killed!" You know, and then she doesn't get to push send, but she gets her last breath just long enough to do it. Of course, yeah, it's good. That's what I'm saying. All right, I feel like I went really crazy on the That's last. That's okay, hand, but uh, um, may Adam, you want to throw one out that you can watch, or and, something you're excited about, and like Scream Queens and Popular. Mm-hmm. She watches those a lot. Yeah, so see, there you go. There you I go. haven't had a chance to watch Scream Queens. I, You'll like I've it. watched it in the background. It hasn't, like, I don't know, hasn't, like, called to me yet. Mm. I kind of got a little bored. I just, I, all I can say, too, is if you're a fan of, like, Jawbreaker and yeah. Idle Hands and stuff like that, Dude, you're that, going to love exactly this. Dude, that's exactly what I was going to say last week, that it's a lot like Idle Hands. Yeah. Yeah. But, th- like, this week's episode, it just there's a bunch of meta stuff making fun of, like, uh, it's just good. Check it out. I mean, I got a whole. I got like two pages of stuff. I kind of, you know, I got yeah. like a lot of stuff. Well, I, I mean, it's I stuff that's even definitely... not even out yet, or you know, that's, that's okay. Uh, we're just going for the fall well, quarter here. Yeah, I'm gonna start with the last one I just saw, which was which just bored me to hell. Uh, was the season premiere of Walking Dead? Didn't watch it. Not uh, that interested. Boring. See, I was excited for that, but that's kind of what I'm hearing from everyone. But I, you know, I mean, it, it'll it changes like it normally does. But um, you know, we we mentioned a lot. What was the um, like the Terrence Malick kind of effect? Like what they did with like Superman and stuff like that, where it's just tree like of all life like kind of mood and yeah. yeah, like tree of life sort of thing. You know, they do that now and again in Walking Dead, and that's kind of what this one was, where it's kind of like metaphor on top of metaphor. And uh. It half of it is in black and white. So what happened in the past? Are you serious? That meets up to the present. Oh my god! It's like half black and white, and then color. It's just get. It's getting a little bit too like. That's probably an homage to the comic. I'm assuming. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I'm I a huge fan of the comic, so and I got you know I'm not to be that kind of person. Into it years before, the, obviously they developed the show, and it's like I, you know obviously the shows gonna be different, but well, I just I just at this point in time like I liked last season. I thought it started being more like the comic, and now it's like well, I hear they're kind from of, where they're at in the show. I'm assuming they're gonna meet Negan and like yeah. the saviors. So, so the way that I feel because I don't I don't I haven't followed the comics in quite a while i would get like the graphic novels and that's how it kind of catch up and then i then i stopped getting them because i just kind of got more into the show um the way that i'm feeling although i really did like last season um i'm waiting for the end game i'm trying to like see i just 
kind of wanted to start wrapping it up. Almost. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I I think they're trying to get ten at least ten seasons out of this one. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of but it's the same feeling that I have for Game of Thrones. I kind of want to just like start feeling like the gears are starting to turn toward the end game or give like those I little like kind of little teasers I feel like that is happening on Game of Thrones especially now that they've run out of book mm-hmm. you know like to the point I think they said a couple months ago that his next book is coming out next year like the publishers are like we're not going to miss out on this money pretty much yeah well and that's pretty much what they're doing with Walking Dead it's it's all about now it's just such a machine but I mean you know I, sorry like, like I was picking on the thing about like the uh, the you know we were kind of talking about the millennial jokes, like scream and stuff. But, I mean, I, I'm just so like sick of the gawker, like ludicrous, like uh, what do you call them? Oh, sorry, the word evades me. But like everything you know is now like so much like in our pop culture and our society in general is like those grab headlines and stuff. Like, and they're just it's getting such a ridiculous thing. But like, I mean, like clickbait. Clickbait. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. It's like, but that's the way I feel like with like uh the walking dead thing i was like on the last season especially that uh season premiere i was like wow they're they're really like this is getting good this is getting as violent as dark and getting getting well and then it's like and then you still you go walk around at a convention or somewhere and you know you see like if daryl dies we riot and i'm like (laughs) i I can't deal with it anymore it's like uh, victor and i talked about this when we were on our road trip to son of monster palooza and it's just like it's cool like i said the comic and the show have to be different some things have got to change but at the same time it's just become like this thing where like you know daryl's obviously like the breakout character i like norman reus i like the daryl dixon character but it's just at the same time that's why i'm like we're like where you know you're talking about the end game that's i guess where i'm trying to build up to is is that it's so much like well what are you gonna do you know you know daryl will end up dying before the show is over well of course he's got to have his heroic you know heroic death but i mean the rest of them it's just kind of that doesn't even mean anything anymore it's like you know when every show that ends now pretty much they kill off the main character as a either to as a thing to give it closure or a redemptive thing well let's look at it like this like rick started the show yeah are they going to end it with rick probably because it's all he woke up into that world and he's gonna yeah he's gonna die in that world yeah well but it's also like i mean from everything i've read i'm not like that devotee of everything skybound and stuff the way i understand it is that kirkman says he has like 100 200 issues worth of story ideas still in the hopper so it's like you know he's like i'm gonna write well, this the thing they've I, been lucky on that some stuff that in the comics kind of was just like filler they've been able to get a whole season out of but then conversely some things that were very epic in the comics just fall really flat like the whole thing with the governor um i think that that was a mistake not wrapping that up in one season Oh, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. 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 When I they agree. left down the cliff, that's like, you killed this. This is it. It's over. You know? And then when they came back, it was kind of like the governor of Snake Plissken, and it was just, you know, they were trying to milk it, and it didn't work. But making the cannibals a season-long threat as they were going to Alexandria was really smart. Like, it made that them going into Alexandria actually interesting, because that was just terrible 
you know they have a big problem with transitions in that show and the whole leading it up for about a season with terminus was really well done too. yeah that's what i was saying i think the terminus thing worked out well and i think the season five thing was good and they've been doing a good job of like coming up with uh reasonable stand-ins for characters they killed off in the comics that are still alive yeah, you know, and I like or that I mean, lived longer. Some rather. of the deaths are really well done, not just gore, but like the actual pain mm-hmm. of it. Some are cheesy. It, it like I said, you're right on the trade off. Like, yeah, like I don't some know. Some things the, are better. Yeah, the current showrunner, I don't remember his name because he, but um, he was really smart making Bob the Dale stand-in for his death with the oh, tainted me like that yeah, whole yeah, thing because yeah. it gave his character a lot more pathos. And he just is like, God, this fucking poor character, you know? Yeah. Which, Rather than like when, uh, you know, not to knock Frank Darabont, but it was like, we only, when he was killing off characters, we knew it was coming because suddenly that's the episode that T-Dog suddenly becomes important. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, and I also, stuff. one I do think that they did write, another one I will quick say is the whole, um, uh, the Jeff Kober as the leader of, the, the the biker gang the, yeah the mc with uh daryl join up and stuff mm-hmm. and that confrontation with rick and and carl i think carl i think that'll pay off down the line too because that like gives you an idea when they introduce the saviors or if they end up calling i mean i guess they're, they're going by the wolves now with negan and everything oh yeah yeah negan, negan whatever, whatever his name is but basically the idea that there's these gangs that are demanding tolls and such for mm-hmm. protection which i think you are right too on the governor thing another big problem is they just did not make him as evil as, as he is in the in the comic and just as brutal. well they fucked up in the first place by making him look all kindly i mean they, that's true he looked like you know somebody would fit in on fury road <sighs> in the comic book well he, he had the tom savini meets danny trejo look yeah down pat but um yeah not too bad but it's it's one of those ones i just for me most shows have got to be done by the fifth or sixth season because this unless you're trying to do like a doctor who or a soap opera or something yeah. like there's no there's no point in doing well, this. Like just just to segue, I guess not to cut. Yeah, you no, off, please. But, go ahead, um, man. I have one of the trends that's happening this season because this way we can cover a few things. Is TV shows this season that are sequels to movies, and there's a couple like that. Limitless and Minority Report. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen either of those. Not much of an interest. Yeah, um, no interest. Minority really. Report, I guess, is getting terrible ratings and it's going to be canceled. But uh, I think it was interesting making a show. It's a procedural with one of the twins trying to use bring pre-crime back. You know, so mm-hmm. but it's a direct sequel to the TV show. Limitless is the exact same way, down to Bradley Cooper being in the first episode. Right. He's giving uh, somebody else pills so he can operate for him because he's running for president. So, yeah, it's a direct sequel to the movie. Right. You know, so I thought both of those have novel premises. Hopefully, that's something we see more with these licensed type shows like that. Hmm. Muppets. You could say the Muppets. Oh, the Muppets, too. Yeah, you're right. I haven't been... What do you think? Adam is a huge Muppets guy. What do you think about... I love the Muppets. What do you like about it? I love the show. I love the show. I haven't seen it, so I'm asking... Anne's kind of lukewarm on it. It is basically The Office, but with Muppets. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, Piggy has her own talk show, Mm -hmm. and then Kermit um, is the producer of it, and then everybody else works... You know, for the piggy show. 
Okay. Um, so that's basically the Muppet Show. So that's where you get your your guests that come in. Oh, so it's almost it's almost that's even kind of you could even kind of say it's like Larry Sanders. Yeah. In a way. Also, kind of, it sounds like a shade of Thirty Rock as well. Yeah. A little yeah. bit there yeah. too. Yeah. So they've they've kind of like maybe you know it's it's more a. a adultized in you know many yeah, ways apparently parents are absolutely like all your uh concerned mod flanders won't someone please think of the children so it's not a kid's show out. at all it, well it goes over their heads i don't see how it would affect them in any way yeah it's not any different than watching like a simpsons episode okay where i think the simpsons is more visually on the nose with like more disgusting things then the Muppets give kind of um, innuendos um, that just would go over your head. I mean, even back in the day, they did stuff like that, that they would, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. The, just tongue in cheek. The original Muppet show was... You know, you'd have, like, these guests on, and they would, like, you know, say something kind of funny and then, like, look into the camera. As a kid, I didn't know what they were saying, you know. And then once the box sets came out on DVD, picked those up, started watching that stuff, like, oh, my gosh. We actually sat around and watched this as a family. Mm-hmm. And when Mom and Dad would laugh... We didn't necessarily know what they were laughing at, but we would laugh too because they were laughing. It's yeah. like, oh, this is the laughing part. Huh. I but always, it, ca- did, I always call that the uh, Charles Nelson Riley effect <laughs> because he said so much stuff oh, that yeah, was yeah. like so completely like yeah his because we double entendre yeah match game all the match time, game you know? so yeah. we a family so the but the double entendres there I'm like you almost couldn't believe these got away from the yeah. censors of the time. So I mean I don't you know I I don't know I don't think it's you know. I don't know. It's the whole, like, people are too sensitive now. I really don't think that there's anything subversive about it or, you know, damning or whatever. I don't, it's, it's not any different than the movies or anything else that's on TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I like it. Anne is kind of lukewarm on it. She, she doesn't like the office kind of feel to stuff. Mm. Um, I didn't, I'm not a big fan of that either, but I just love, I love the Muppets. I love seeing what they do with like Sam the Eagle is like the, um, uh, he's the, like the, what, what do they call him? The, the censor, oh, not the censors, but he's a standards and practices, yeah. which is really funny when he comes on, they're doing more with like the Swedish chef. You're starting to get them know, you're starting to get to know the characters on a, on a different level. Are um, there any new Muppets or just, no, it's the same ones that you've been seeing, like from the movies. Okay. Um, up to this point, um, you know, uh, it, yeah, you see like just a mix of, of all of them. You know, Scooter's back. Fozzie the Bear is like the sidekick. He's Ed McMahon on the show. Okay. Um, announcer on Piggy's show. And then everybody else just works behind the scenes or as a writer or, you know, whatever have you, a gopher and all that stuff. I like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and it's in short little chunks, you know, 22 minutes clean or whatever with commercials. So, I mean, it's done and over with. There's nothing to be like, you know, they probably could have done an hour, but then that'd just be too much. That'd yeah. be overkill. Yeah. Anything else on your pal, Victor? Or you got other stuff, I'm Adam? just letting Adam go. Oh, um, anybody been watching Blunt Talk? No. Um, I've meant to start watching that, though. I might get My take is I'm going to start watching that. Once uh, Ash versus Evil Dead starts, yeah, Blunt Talk is really good. The first first few episodes are they? I mean, they really hit it out of the park. I think what well, I think they're on episode eight now. It's it's kind of running a little bit thin. Um, it's Patrick Stewart as a. It's detective. Patrick Stewart. I think it's like one of his best roles that he's ever done. One of the things that kind of killed it for me is once I realized it was a Seth MacFarlane 
executive produced show. Oh, this makes way more sense to me now. Right. Okay. Because, like, Patrick Stewart is in every Seth MacFarlane thing. Right. Yeah. And so this is where they give him, like, just carte blanche to be, like, the drug addict, alcoholic, bad father, um, foul mouth type person and Ted. so it's it's hard it's it's a little bit hard to separate myself i wish i did not know that it was a seth mcfarlane production um and i think i would enjoy it more but as it goes on you can kind of deconstruct where you can see where mm-hmm. that influence is in there i don't know if he writes i don't even want to know anymore all i saw was like the executive producer seth they're MacFarlane. like the best of friends which, right yeah yeah but so you can see that tone yeah. in there um but it's it's you know it's removed from the other stuff that you've seen. It's not it's not completely like Ted. It's not completely like Family Guy. They give it its own kind of voice, but it does have that uh, dirtiness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone dirty seen? like those Muppets? <laughs> uh, I'm kind of hitting on the ones that have that I'm excited about. Oh, uh, I did. I think I mentioned this a while back, but I'm going to mention it again because on October 26, uh, Supergirl. The oh, first yeah. episode is coming out, and I did see it earlier this year, and I really liked it mm. a lot. Uh, it's more, um, it's more upbeat. It's colorful. It looks um, interesting. It's th- the 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 cast is really charming um, and accessible. Like right off the bat, you you get what's going on, and it presents itself in a pleasing way, as opposed to being all dark and brooding. Um, they make some uh, nods to uh, the uh, Man of Steel universe, um, but only in the fact that you kind of see parts of the suit. It's not, um, what's his name, that actually plays Superman in those movies. Henry Cavill. Right, but they use the same suit when they do like a, like a shadowy yeah, figure of him or steel something. Suit. Um, and they and it's mostly kind of like in flashback where she you know meets him for the first time when she descends to earth you know this mm-hmm. is all just exposition at the very beginning of the show um, what I thought was really interesting is that now that it's getting closer to the release date um, I mean they've been showing trailers for this like all summer long but um, recently we went to see a movie I think it was maybe a couple weeks ago uh, and they had like one of those, you know, the first look thing that they do with all the trailers of different TV shows. They did one with Supergirl and they, the target audience, they brought in like all these like 10 and 11 and 12 year old girls and their moms to a free screening of it on the uh, Warner Brothers lot. So then they have like this whole expose of, you know, and all the girls are like, ah, I said, Dan, I said, oh, I, that's my target audience right there. I guess I'm just right in that crowd with like 10, 11 and 12 year old girls. But I think it, it transcends over that. I mean, it is, it is, um, uh, you know, like a girl power show, um, but she kind of has her foibles and, and self doubt and things like that. I don't know. I think it's cute, but it's good. Uh, and there's just enough uh, adventure in it. So hopefully they do something interesting. I don't like Gotham. Oh, uh, yeah. No. I don't like Arrow. I don't like The Flash. I like Arrow and The Flash, but it's just because it, um, they've been su- developing their own Supergirl's on CBS. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they're just, you know, they're trying to do something different, maybe separate themselves from well, was it, I th- WB. I think all the WB ones are in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Constantine wasn't, but then it got can't. But I guess 
he's going to be on Arrow this season, so they're bringing him that. in like posthumously. So I guess they're ret. What's that retcon? Retconning. So Constantine is in the WB hero universe. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. What else? Oh, I can keep going. Oh, I will say Gotham is terrible, and yeah. I just wish it had been like Gotham Central the comic. Yeah, that's all I can say about I just, that one. Yeah, I just here here's one. Uh, you know that I had heard this weekend that they're having uh, Paul Rubens play the Penguin's father on that yes. show. Uh-huh. Um, I watched last week's episode, part of which was set in a ball, and you know they have Selena Kyle on that show, right? So yeah. young Bruce Wayne walks into the ball, and there's young Selena Kyle with the exact same hairdo and dress that Michelle Pfeiffer wears in Batman Returns at oh. the mask, the Max Shrek Parade Ball. And I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, whatever. It's the same problem it's I have. It's called homage, Victor. It's just, it's stupid and campy. It's just, I don't know. Victor's over it. I'm over, over it. I hate That's that That's just because he's not a little he's monster. Done. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, what else? Uh, uh, the the second season of I Zombie has started. Yeah, I have that on my list. And I like where they're going. With I do it. too. I enjoy that show. Even a lot. though, you know, even in the first season and and now in the second season, the the actual detective work is so threadbare and doesn't really drive the show. It's just kind of a piece in the background. Yeah. Because they just they wrap it up like right away. They're just like, you know, here's what happens at the beginning. Someone dies or whatever. Yeah, that's then, sh- you know, then they do maybe a little bit kind of sort of investigative. It's such a work. weird throwback show because the continuity isn't as, like, you can watch that episode, out, yeah. that show out of order. Yeah. It's most like shows chips. nowadays. It's like chips or something. Yeah. Like, it's, most TV shows aren't like that anymore. They're just super, you have to watch in order or you're totally lost. Yeah. The only through thread is with the... Um, uh, the, the Max the Rager, the Max. yeah, that yeah. It's either the Max Rager over Meg, what's that? The overarching plot, yeah, or the what's going on with. Um, but even still, you Blaine. can kind of, you you know yeah, yeah. You, even if you stepped into it in the middle of the season, you can yeah. kind of get an idea of what's going on. Anyways, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Where I, I feel like that's the one of the first shows I've seen lately that actually makes me feel old. Like last season, where he he he. Uh, was meeting with that guy and it's like you've got one of Kurt Cobain's original guitars and he's talking <laughs> about how he saw him back in 1991 and I'm like oh my god this is like when I watched a show in the 80s and they're talking about going to Woodstock or something yeah, yeah. anyway yeah I, I think I was I don't remember who I was talking to I mean maybe it was Anna you know that's who I talk to most of the time is that in the the 80s now is what the 50s were in the 80s yeah. I mean that's thirty years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I remember looking at the fifties like, oh my gosh, that was such a long time ago in the eighties. Yeah, all I can lie. say is the barometer for that is turn on whatever the classic rock station is in your area and listen to what they play. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, there was a purely like oldie station was the oldies only played fifties pop novelties and stuff. Right. Anything that was a forty-five, they played. And then they had the classic rock station was purely late 60s to early 70s. And then anything else was like soft rock or whatever, like top 40 for like the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And then it was like, and then there was just your your modern stations that only played the current top 40. Mm -hmm. But now it's like you can turn on a station that plays classic rock 
and you got to think it's 30 years. So it's 1985 now, 20 years. It's 1995. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it That's one thing I could say. It definitely makes me feel older now. Yeah. I, I would agree with Victor yeah. on that. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just kind of like, yeah, I never really thought something, you know, from the 90s would be considered mm -hmm. old. But it is. It's 20 years old now. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of shows that feel incredibly dated, have you guys, uh, any of you guys seen Blind Spot? No, but I felt exactly the same way. Yeah. It, it's just, I'm watching it. I'm Is this like, the one where the girl goes back to the night, wakes up and... No, no, that sh that, I know it should, but that was canceled. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, well, I just remember no, seeing no. the trailer going... This show... This sounds like an Adam yeah, Sandler movie. This show is... Uh, there's a Times Square is uh, closed down because there's a duffel bag. They open up inside, and there's a it's beautiful a girl. girl who's tattooed, tattooed from head, head to toe. And then it turns out all of her tattoos are clues to crimes that haven't happened yet. Ooh. So she teams up with an FBI guy, and together they solve crimes and try to figure out what her origin is. So it's the Suicide Girls meets Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's 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 like I can't even put my thumb on it. It just feels like Airwolf should show up any fucking minute or yeah, Manimal. It's, it's it's the weirdest thing to me. It's is so gimmicky. It's it's exactly a show I watched like uh ten like fifteen twenty years ago on Fox called John Doe. The chick's even named Jane Doe. Yeah. Where he this guy shows up and. He has no memory of who he is because the girl also has no memory of who he's. But he has all these skills, like he can speak like Chinese, or he knows like uh, like La Femme Nikita. Yeah, and this is the same thing. Like she, it turns out she knows karate and she speaks Chinese and every. It's like yeah, it's just been. By the way, done since I death. talked about on last episode, that's kind of what American Ultra is like. Uh, like a portion of that. Yeah. It's like I have the skill set. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be on at Pollock. I think in a week. I'll probably go watch it then. I would. It's worth yeah. at least a matinee watch. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's like I've watched it. Uh, I've watched a couple episodes. It's like I put it on the same way. Sometimes I put on Night Rider. It's just like eh, cheesy, whatever. Well, what about um, has anybody anybody have interest in, in the Heroes Reborn? I've I been heard, watching like, that. No, it. I've been watching that. Um, it started off kind of interesting, but I kind of feel like it doesn't really know where it's going. Um, it feels like every time they bring back an old character, they instantly kill them off. Oh, which is weird. Um, and the main character, one of the main characters, is the horn rim glasses guy, and he's your the like, one you're supposed to empathize with, which is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. And um, there's one character that's kind of interesting. Was that but, Claire's father? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he's trying to figure out if like Claire's dead. Like the whole thing starts off. It's uh, it's very much like um uh days of future past like the show starts off a few years in the future when uh humans and uh they they call them evos instead of mutants for evolved humans so they're having like a summit in odessa and then there's like a 9-11 type event it's now humans hate evos mm. so every there's there's like uh, people who are hunting them down and zachary levi plays one of these because his son was killed at the summit and basically, they're all in hiding. And then Hornroom Glasses... So his name is Stryker. Yeah. And Hornroom Glasses guy is has no memory of this. It turns out he had... I'm not spoiling it. This all happens right at the beginning of the pilot. Uh -huh. Had his uh, memory wiped by the Haitian. And he goes back... To, <sighs> yeah. 
Those to, damn Haitians. Yeah. And then basically he's with like a fat, like kind of like nerdy, like he's supposed to be the audience surrogate character, like what the creators think of the fans. So he's like a tinfoil cunt conspiracy nerd, you know. And Awesome. Yeah. Is it what's the dude from uh, Pixels, Josh Gad or whatever? No, but it's oh, okay. that type of guy. And but it turns out, and then it turns out that uh, Suresh you know, Mohinder from the first series. Oh no, I never watched Heroes. Okay, I well, never got into it. He's the Indian guy who's from yes. the first series. He's like Magneto, where like basically he's taken the fall for like he's a evo separatist. So the whole time it's like you're like okay, what's what X Men storyline are they cribbing? Yeah. It's weird for me because uh, it's one of the only two shows I've ever binge watched. Was I love, but I never saw it originally. I only saw the the. Uh, it does the feel DVD. like a direct continuation the of first, the show. The it, first season is perfect. Yeah, and then it's like the second season. Everyone I know universally is like, "Ah, uh, what the hell happened?" Third and fourth, I can barely remember except the end. And it's like it's one of those shows where I was like, "I like this a lot. I think it works." I mean, it, like I was ecstatic after the first season but then it's just like it's one of those shows now you like you know using those names i mean it triggers yeah. like storylines when you said the haitian or something or mohinder you know then you start thinking uh uh silar was silar silar you know and it's like you know it, they did build up a pretty good mythology and stuff like that and then it's just I just don't have the interest well, in it anymore the way I did. The thing is, there's one character on it who seems pretty interesting, where he's like a Lucha Libre-themed superhero called El Vengador, which, again, made me go, because his name is The Avenger in Spanish. <laughs> it, it's just stuff like that bugs me. It's like, okay, I get it. You're, yeah, anyway. But uh, he, so it turns out, like, uh, he was set up by, uh, you know, the mutant-hating humans, and, you know, he's like, uh, and so his brother has to take up the mantle. So they're doing a very slow build origin with the brother t- taking that up. But to me, it's like, I'm tired of seeing origin stories in movies. It's like, mm-hmm. I think everyone is. That's why the Spider-Man and all this other stuff. So is basically failing. heroes are born. It's like you catch up with an old hero, maybe once an episode. And then the rest is origin building up to some kind of cataclysmic event that everyone can feel is coming. That looks like the Northern Lights. Yeah, because I, I, you know, it, it's really gonna piss me off if they if they do um, uh, a Hulk movie with um, uh, Renfro that they don't do it origin. Ruffalo. They should just like Ruffalo. They yeah. should just like jump right into like Planet Hulk, and I'd be so happy. Or the time that he turned into Gray Hulk and was a bouncer in Vegas. Yeah, that's the movie I want to see. Or the, well, that's the way you call it, scroll. You know, the Cree scroll. Well, I don't. World. I don't know if you saw like the news today, but they said uh, I guess Hulk is going to be in that the next Thor, Thor movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to kind of be Planet Hulk. Thor. Yeah, kind of. Ragnarok. Uh huh. Planet Hulk. I don't know. Anything. Is it going to be? Hey, is it they, gonna they, be they're pushing now to like 2030 with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, so who knows where? So it are up. they kind of taking a cue from uh, what was it, Revenge of the Sith, where it was like the the battle on Kashyyyk, and they're going to have like all these battles on different planets, I, the universe, yeah. universe I, universe C's. I don't know. Oh, okay. I just, to me, it's just... You just look so tired about the whole... <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I, I feel like we're in in the midst of this, like, 
so much comic book stuff. I oh, mean, yeah. Jessica Jones is starting on Netflix in a couple of weeks too, oh. right? And I've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a new season, and even that is like... Um, uh, and they're trying to introduce the Inhumans on there. Oh, they? yeah. They're already in there uh, now. So basically, they're trying to recruit them. Uh-huh. And it's it's the same thing where it's like, oh, they're setting up the Captain America 3 movie. Where uh-huh. like people with powers are being hunted down or forced to register. Uh, they're called Evos now. Yeah. <laughs> uh sorry no i mean it, no i mean I, i'm literally i i have an equal face of exhaustion and general who gives a shit because i i gave up a long time ago it's like yeah i still watch some of the stuff but i'm just done it's just it's overload it's oversaturation it's just over i mean that's really all there yeah. that can be said it's just well maybe to turn the tide what are some of these that we're actually interested in what are the ones you're the most excited about as far as Shows potential, movies. you know, something's gonna be good for this quarter. Oh, uh, Crimson Peak, yes, yes, uh, yes. Anne is like jumping. Up I want to see cheap. that on Thursday because so we, we normally go to the to the center point and then you know we reserve our, our lounger seats. They don't have like the largest screens in the world, but at least you know you get your get your seat reserved. Uh, Anne says we are seeing that on the biggest screen we possibly can in Arizona. Yeah, it's playing so, at the IMAX. So that's what we're doing. Mills. We're going to Arizona Mills and we're going to catch it. Yeah, I think we're going to do that week. on Thursday. Yeah, it's, yeah, it comes out this week. So I think we're mm-hmm. going to see it on Thursday probably. Yeah, we'll see it on the Sweet. weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm really, really hype. I've been waiting for something from him for some specific rim. Yeah. So uh, I'm unbelievably excited for uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. I mean, yeah. I think it's kind of yeah. a given, but I just... After seeing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and, you know, just kind of seeing it, I go, this is going to work. I really I think absolutely. it is. Yeah. I think they got the backing. I think they have the right idea. I know. I was good. scared at first that it was just going to be My Name is Bruce, the series, but it looks... Well, and what I was concerned with is that um, Bruce would look tired in it. Mm-hmm. That was my concern. Yeah. Like, he didn't like look like he fit in there anymore, but he... Oh, yeah, he, especially... What was that show good. Like, planes, he plays was it on... Up. On USA. Oh, uh, Burn Notice. Yeah, he was on, and he was like, you know, old and fat. And I was like, that's, he can't do that anymore. Right. But they put that into the show. Yeah. Like he's, time has passed. Right. You know. But he looks good. And he looks yeah. like, he, you know, he's he's like taking over the scenes. Like he's, like he looks like the old Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Like he commands presence again. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, yeah, like you said, in Burn Notice, he just, he is kind of, you know. Jimmy just in the, in the, you know, background. Yeah, he was definitely a Margaritaville at that yeah. point. But it was, um, you know, but that was the point of that character, too. So it is the kind of going back to the old school. I don't know. It's it's one of those ones where I'm just psyched. You know, but like I said, it's hard to get excited about stuff. Like, I was kind of interested because I was a huge, one of the only shows I've ever formed, binge-watched, ever. Like, pretty much every season was uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. And I saw the bastard executioner, and I'm like, this is not going to work. Um, I didn't even get through the first episode of that. Yeah. So I. Is that the offshoot show? It's the no, new, it's sh- new show. The show from the new. The Kurt new show Sutter. From, yeah. But doesn't have an What I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with something. Oh, no. It's no. like a medieval. It's a medieval, like FX. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No interest. Game of Thrones type show. Yeah. Too late. Yeah. yeah. Every channel has the Game of Thrones type show. Vikings, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. You are right. That is true. There's a lot of, like, just. It's it's just exploded, but I don't know. Did any of you guys see the finale of uh, the strain? 
No, I'm still. I haven't no, watched I, the second season I'm yet. I'm still on season one. No, I think it's interesting because they're deviating from the books, um, a lot. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about. that. I haven't read it yet, so it's it's another one that'll be interesting. Other than that, even though you made fun of it, I'm, I'm and even though I, I kind of have to laugh at myself, I'm still excited to see the Goosebumps movie. But that's just because of some yeah. residual love for that. I mean, I know it's going to be terrible. But I'll still go see it. And then I know it's not going to be perfect either, but I'm still excited to see that Tales of Halloween. Or, But I love anthologies, so. Yeah. There's some other stuff, but we're getting way into the later part of 2015, the end of it. So I'm at, we're going to save those, the big blockbusters and all the other stuff. Yeah, I think it's mostly the I, I want to see Bone Tomahawk, that new Kurt Russell versus Cannibals movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Spaghetti West. Western. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That one looks good. I heard somebody says it's kind of like a... The closest you're going to get to, what is it, uh, Blood Meridian, the Cormac McCarthy novel. Yeah. Which is supposedly like kind of like that. But um, I think it's interesting because cannibalism was a thing in the Old West. So it's an, it, I'm surprised we haven't seen something about that before. Because mm-hmm. Green Inferno didn't do good. So we need, we don't, I, we don't I have still enough. Like, or cannibal, I still feel like I need to see that movie, but I feel like I won't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't love it. I, didn't I wish it. it was I on VOD, like so I wouldn't have to go out to see it. It'll be in the dollar yeah. theater sooner and later. But um, the only other thing I saw that was interesting recently is, I mean, as I'm into like video games, especially horror ones, is I didn't know they made a live action Dead Rising movie. I actually talked about it on the podcast. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe we did. But yeah. I just. Oh, yeah, because we talked about the video game ones. But I um, what I meant was um. I didn't know it was available yet. Like, oh on, yeah, they just like brought it out on DVD. DVD. But and then uh, I guess there's also a live action Corpse Party movie too. So I'm mean, not familiar those, uh, with that one. It's uh, so mainly a Japanese series, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sure it'll maybe Takahashi Miike did that one too. Oh. In between his Yakuza schedule, he did do an Ace Attorney movie. Oh, Phoenix, right? Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, anything else, Adam? No, I'm just bummed that uh, Rick and Morty is is done for the second season. I got to wait like a whole another year mm. for season three. I've been catching Rick and Morty. It it's a, it's some of the best written science fiction series on television in quite a long time. Dan Harmon, the creator of Community, I guess. Yeah, never hmm. watched Community, but you should watch uh, the documentary about him, Harmon Town. It's good. All right. But no, that's, I mean, really, that's Anything all from you, Victor? No, I think I pretty much uh, spoke my piece. I feel like I was a little aggressively negative because of the Ryan Murphy thing I used to kick it off. But I'm glad we turned that around. Turned the beat around. <laughs> um, and all those evil smokers. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think wanted- the only other things I had on my list is just stuff I wanted to trash because they weren't that good. But, yeah. I mean, why go down that road? Yeah, you know, I kind of went kind of that counter- road. Well, a little bit, but yeah. like you said, maybe you should write that as an article for the yeah. site, Adam. Everything you hate, everything I hate. There you go. Now, but uh, yeah, no, I feel like uh, for the most part, I think we covered a good amount of ground. Um, if you want to see something terrible on Netflix, this might be a thing I do from now on. The Specialist is now on there. It's a 1996 movie with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, Sharon Stone. And Sharon Stone. And it's one of Rod Steiger's last movies where he plays a terrible 
terrible pastiche of Scarface. You'll never see so many white people playing Cubans. Anyway. Uh, I guess that for the most part, that's it. For those of you who are interested in Ash versus Evil Dead, Cult Classics AZ is screening Army of Darkness the week before. I'm sure we'll have some awesome giveaways before that. Tickets are available now at Z Records and cultclassicsaz.com. Um, we still have some Scream shirts and posters left over. You can find those on our web store, shop.coldclassicsaz. Um, anything else on the horizon that you're interested in checking out, Kirby? No, I think we covered the bulk I of it. I events or anything. Oh, event-wise, um, I believe we're going to be potentially at Tucson Comic Con. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Saturday, November 7th? 7th or... Yeah. Yeah, 7th. We're going to be there and doing a panel just one day. And I'll be at King Diamond the next night and at the Rialto. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm really Book hyped for. Book of Mormon is coming up. Mm-hmm. I think we're all excited about that. And uh, also, Ash vs. Evil Dead fans, there is a run of Evil Dead the Musical here in Arizona. Coming in November, too. Coming November 10th through the 15th, I believe, mm-hmm. is its run. And so you can check that one out. I saw it nearly naked theater years ago. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. I saw it in Vegas. Yeah, I'll probably go see it in Vegas, mm-hmm. too, just to go see it. It's probably one of my favorites of all time. It's just perfect. So, awesome. Some good stuff. All right. So I guess we're going to wrap this up. Yep. Next time, horror movies for Halloween. Let us know what you think we should talk about. Uh, talk about horror movies. Well, which ones? Oh, the uh, good ones and bad ones. Yes. Let us know your favorites. And everything in between. Yeah. Subscribe to us on iTunes at Cult Following. SoundCloud Cult Following. Cultfollowing.co is our website. (laughs) This has been Coffee Talk. So much cult. Cult, cult, cult. All right. So, until next time, I'm one of your three hosts, Victor Marino, along with Adam. Blah, 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 blah. And Kirby. Yes. So join us next time, and until then, turn into 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 Kirby Doo. That's just what came naturally at that point in time. Yeah. There you go. So until next time, don't get wet. Don't eat after midnight. Don't go to Chinese boutique stores and buy weird pets. Oh, comes with a free Froger. The Froger is also evil. Matt Damon.